elephants in the room. I guess, did you hear like the, the tapping? Yeah, the it's when my voice was getting too high. Well, no, when it gets to the end, then you start. Oh, so, like, when you so started, I start now. It was, yeah, yeah, so when you started, it wasn't even, <laughs> oh, it, okay, it hadn't okay, gone into it yet. Hi, guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. Thank you so much for being here. We are on week three. Um, it feels like a dream. <laughs> this doesn't feel real. Every time I sit down in this chair and I start talking in this microphone, I'm like, is this real? Did I actually start a podcast? Because I've wanted to do it for forever and I haven't. And I know I've said that like six times, but I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. I'm grateful for each and every person who's listened. I'm grateful for your guys' support. It is so surreal and um, we're in just the beginning stages of everything. So it's, it's very, it's very like, just doesn't feel real, I guess, to like put it into words. I hope you guys had a really good week. Um, I had a good week. It was a little bit of a stressful week. I'm not going to lie. So it's kind of been one of those weeks for me. I've kind of been struggling with some seasonal depression. I feel like I am so much happier in the summer. I'm just a different person. Like I just love the sun. I love being outside. I love the water. Um, and I just love just the vibe of summer. It just brings me so much happiness. And I feel like in the winter, I just get sad. I just get sad. And so I have every morning I wake up and I'm like, Nicole, wake up. You need to go to the gym. You need to do things. And then I'm like, no, Nicole, stay asleep. You're tired. You're exhausted. Keep sleeping. So it's just this constant battle. Um, but we're getting through it. We're surviving. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys had a good week. Um, we have a really exciting episode planned for this week. Um, and by exciting, I mean, um, intense, but that's also exciting. Um, we are going to be talking about, please give me a drum roll, please. Or give me a drum roll, please. Yeah, is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, just cue some drums in the background. I'm not actually going to add drums, but da 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 Childhood trauma. Yay. <laughs> just kidding. Um, this isn't, it's not funny. Um, <laughs> but it's a little funny. Um, I don't know about you guys, but one of the ways that I've always coped with my trauma is by deflecting with humor. So I may joke a little bit, but it's, it's a very serious matter um, to get on a serious note. Anyways, we are going to be talking about childhood trauma, um, which is so fitting given the fact that if any of you know me, you know that I have some pretty severe childhood trauma. So we're going to talk about it today. So let's just jump right in. What is childhood trauma? Childhood trauma is the experience of an event by a child that is emotionally painful or distressful, which often results in lasting mental and physical effects. So what is considered a form of childhood trauma or an example of childhood trauma. Um, so potentially traumatic events may include psychological, physical, or sexual abuse. Um, so here's some examples for you guys, just in case you were wondering what this really all means by accidents, bullying slash cyberbullying, chaos or dysfunction in the house, such as domestic violence, parent with a mental illness, substance abuse, 
um, death of a loved one, emotional abuse or neglect, physical abuse or neglect, separation from a parent or caregiver, sexual abuse, stress caused by poverty, sudden and or serious medical conditions, violence at home, at school or in the surrounding community. That was a handful. That was a lot. Um, but I kind of just wanted to give you guys a little context on like what, what really is childhood trauma? What does that even mean? Um, so hopefully that gave you kind of an idea of some of the things we're going to be talking about today. Now you may be wondering why are we talking about childhood trauma? Well, (laughs) it affects every part of our lives. It affects so many people. And it's not something that I really think that we talk about proudly or intentionally. I think we kind of run from it because it's, it's kind of this thing that's talked about in the sense of, oh, childhood trauma is hard and it affects you, but we don't talk about the effects enough. We don't talk about, you know, I just feel like it's not normalized. And I think that normalizing these things is so important because it really does help us, you know, heal. It helps us seek out help. It helps us accept. And, you know, it just helps us live healthier, happier lives, which we want to do in community with each other. So that is why we are talking about childhood trauma today. So I want to start with a funny story of (laughs) the first time that I went and met my now therapist of almost three years. So I went to therapy for the first time and, you know, she was like, okay, I'm going to have you take a couple assessments. Right. And I'm like, I'm kind of dreading it because growing up, I, I had to take a lot of assessments because, um, I was in, or my family had DCFS incorporated, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's like the government, um, child protective services. So I DCFS in my life. So I had to take a lot of assessments and they always made me feel crazy. They always made me feel like there was something wrong with me. They always made me feel like I just want to check off every box as no, because I don't want to feel like there's something wrong with me. I didn't do anything wrong. So I don't want to feel like there's anything wrong with me. So I don't really like assessments. I got to be honest. Now, since my childhood, um, leading up to being in therapy, I obviously had been very humbled, um, and you know, grew up a little bit, matured a little bit. So I was open to the idea. I said, do you know what? I'm in a really deep, dark place and I don't really want to be on this earth. And so if she needs to take some assessments to figure out how to help me be okay, then so be it. So let's take these assessments. Um, I think I'm allowed to say her name. I think I already said it, but my therapist's name is Carrie. We love Carrie. Shout out to Carrie for all of her help in my life. Anyways. So she said, I'm going to have you take this test called the ACEs test. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, so pretty much what this test is, it's a test of 10 questions and you answer yes or no based on what happened to you from the age of zero to 18. Um, and then at the end you score obviously one to 10, 10 being severely traumatized, having severe, severe childhood trauma and one being, you know, still some childhood trauma, but 
not nearly as much. So I said, give me this test, Carrie. Give me this said test. Just kidding. Me and my therapist weren't that close at the time because I didn't really know her yet. Um, obviously we got close over time, but I took the test and, um, I scored a nine, (laughs) I scored a nine on the ACEs test. Um, so that was fun. Um, and in my head I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like I got a high score. And then she looks at me and she goes, no, that's not good. A high score means that you should like not be here today and you should be like on the streets doing drugs. That's what that score means. Um, so she said, so we're starting somewhere good. You're here, you're healthy. So, you know, we're, we're on a good track. Um, so I got a nine and so, um, me and her kind of got to dive into that and what that means for me. She also was like, by the way, um, you have severe anxiety and high panic. And I was like, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I think I knew that one, but I appreciate the diagnosis. Um, So that was really fun. Um, Anyways, I want to talk a little bit about the ACEs test. So it was actually a study done with 17,000 people. So it is like really dang accurate and honestly really crazy to actually dissect what this ACEs test means. So I want to talk about this. So pretty much what they say is if you even score a one, you are affected. There was something in your childhood that happened that affects you, um, long-term. Now, if you score anything above a three, so four and above, these are some of the statistics. You guys aren't going to like this. Well, maybe you are because maybe it's going to give you some peace, um, considering, it's really comforting to be struggling with something and start to understand why. Um, When you can start to put the pieces together, it's helpful. So hopefully this gives you some peace, but I just want to read some of these statistics to you guys because they're actually pretty crazy. So this is kind of this chart that I have here on my laptop and it goes through if you have a score of zero. So zero traumatic experiences in your life from um, your childhood, at least that are categorized on this said test. Um, and then it goes to ACE scores above four. So a four or above. So if you score a zero, you have a 2.5% chance of becoming an alcoholic. If you score above a four, <laughs> it quadruples and you have an 11% chance of becoming, becoming an alcoholic. Um, If you score a zero on the ACE test, you have a 15% chance of becoming chronically depressed as a woman, a 10% chance of becoming chronically depressed as a man. Now, this is pretty crazy to me. If you scored above a four on the ACE test, you have a 42% chance of becoming chronically depressed as a woman and a 30% chance as a man. So it literally triples if you scored more than four on there. Um it kind of goes through the rest of them. So having a serious problem working, your chances triple, having serious financial problems, um, your percentage is doubled. So your chances go from 10% to 20%. Um, You have a doubled chance of heart disease and you have a doubled chance of having a stroke. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Like, I just want you guys to think about that for a second. Like, What we go through as children and even in our adult life, but specifically for this as children, the trauma that we endure quite literally affects our mental, physical and overall health in life. And when I realized that I was like, 
wow, so maybe I'm doing better than I think. And I want you to listen to this for a second. I want you to give yourself a little bit of validation right now and understand that the things that we go through affect us. We grow up and we think when we become adults, we're just going to like have it all figured out and we're going to be happy and we're going to go to school and go to college, get a degree, get married, have kids and just have great mental health and just, you know, have a white picket fence and all these great things. No, I don't think so. Number one, life's not like that. Number two, we have all this emotional baggage slash childhood trauma that we're carrying with us. And we're not really even aware of the effects of said stuff. So when we get to adulthood and we're chronically depressed or we have anxiety or um, we have health issues, we blame it on ourselves. We're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with what happened to you. Maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe what's wrong with you is the effects of what happened to you when you were quite literally a child. Now, I want to just take you back here because I think that a common thing that people say, I always hear people say this and it drives me bonkers. Oh, this generation is too soft. Everyone plays the victim. And you know what? I agree in the sense of you cannot play the victim your whole life. You can have bad things happen to you, but ultimately at the end of the day, it is your responsibility to pick yourself back up and to heal and learn and grow and take care of yourself. And so, yes, I do believe that we should not be in this victim mentality forever, but to get out of that victim mentality, we have to first acknowledge what happened to us. And then we also have to learn how to deal with it. So we can recover, so we can move forward. So we don't have to stay in that paralyzed state. So yes, maybe this generation has a victim mentality, but I think it's just that we are a lot more emotionally aware. I think that we are a lot more mentally aware. I think that a lot of the things that older generations used to bury and pretend didn't exist are being brought to light. I think mental health, mental illness, um, trauma, therapy, you know, healthy boundaries. I think so many things are being brought to light in this day and age, um, which I think is one of the cool things about social media. Um, and I think that it's really unfair to just think, oh, we all need to be stronger. Let's just be stronger. Let's stop being victims. Let's be strong. It's like, yes, let's be strong. Let's heal. Let's grow. Let's learn. Let's recover. But let's not just sweep stuff under the rug. Let's not just say, do you know what? I just need to, I just need to be, I just need to be stronger and just get over what happened to me. I just need to be stronger and just pretend that I'm fine all the time. Since when is that considered strong? I don't think that's strength. I really don't. Because most of the time when we do that, we're doing it out of a place of ill intentions. We want other people to think we're strong. We want to convince ourselves that we're strong. We want to convince ourselves that like, We don't need help. I'm sorry, but the biggest reality check this world needs right now is that we all need help. We all need therapy. We all have things that we have gone through, whether it was in your childhood or in your childhood or in your adulthood, you've been through something and it's affected you. 
And you can accept that or you can deny it. But if you accept it, you can heal from it. You can learn from it. You can grow. You can recover. And that is true strength, I believe. I get so passionate, guys. I'm like, gosh, dang it. We just need to heal together and grow together and learn together and support each other because life is freaking hard, man. Anyways, life is good though. Life is also good and there's a lot of joy. Without sadness, there wouldn't be joy. Okay, let's talk about, let's go back to the ACEs test and that study a little bit. So the main outcome of having a high A score and having severe trauma um, is toxic stress. Now, when I first heard this, I was like, what does that even mean? What does toxic stress mean? So I'm going to read this to you guys. Toxic stress is severe, prolonged, or repetitive adversity with a lack of the necessary nurturance or support of a caregiver to prevent an abnormal stress response. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. How does that affect your body? How does toxic stress affect your body? Toxic stress weakens the architecture of the developing brain, which can lead to lifelong problems in learning behavior and physical and mental health. Guys, this stuff is serious. This is no joke. This is something we need to, to address. This is something we need to talk about. Um, I know for me, um, just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory into my childhood trauma. Um, as you all know, both my parents are addicts and, um, there's a lot that goes into that, but I grew up in a very unconventional home. We were very poor. Um, we were on food stamps and, um, we missed a ton of school. I was constantly in truancy court because we never went to school. Um, yeah, my parents were in and out of addiction constantly. Um, I was technically raised in the Mormon church, but we were never super active because life was always just kind of one big mess. Um, there was a lot of addicts in and out of our house. We had, you know, so many things. And I don't really know if I'm super comfortable getting into every detail of that, but to put it shortly, my childhood was really tough. Um, and I don't say that out of a place of wanting sympathy. I say that out of a place of wanting you guys to, to feel less alone and to see how to recover from that, which I think is a lifelong journey, but I've started it. I'm doing my best to get through it. Growing up, I was actually, um, very overweight. Um, I like to cope with everything going on in my life with food. Um, and to be honest with you guys, I still don't have the healthiest relationship with food. Um, yeah, I coped with food because it was comforting to me. So either we had a lot of food or we didn't have enough. 
And so the science behind that is actually crazy because what it does is when you do have food as an adult, um, you don't know how to cut off and stop eating because food is so comforting for you because you didn't always have it. And when you have a lack of that food at certain times, when you do have food present, you in the back of your mind subconsciously don't know when you're ever going to have food again. So instead of stopping when you're full, you just indulge. You just eat so much because you don't know when you're going to have it again. And when I realized that when my therapist pointed that out to me, I was like, what? That's from my childhood. You know, um, that's weird. And, um, when I was a little girl, I used to hoard food in my room, um, because I was bullied for my weight and I was embarrassed. Um, but food was a huge comfort to me. So I used to, um, buy hot Cheetos (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I would take them home and I would stuff them in my drawers. And then at night when everyone was asleep, I would eat them and they would comfort me. And um, food was just a sense of calm that I didn't have. I lived in and out of family members' houses too. Um, Obviously DCFS was involved in my life. Um, child protective services. So that was kind of a whole ordeal. Um, but yeah, like I tell that story all to tell you guys that the habits that we have and some of the coping mechanisms that we use all stem from our trauma. So much stems from our trauma more than we even realize. Um, I struggled with my weight, as I said, as a little girl, I got bullied for it. So then when I was in seventh grade, I stopped eating and I lost weight. And when I got male attention, it made me feel good. And when I wasn't bullied for the way that I looked, it made me feel good. Um, so I've had disordered eating most of my life. And the last couple of years I've been able to heal and recover and start to work through that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's terrible. That stuff is terrible. And a lot of it stems from what we've gone through. So (laughs) I have this next part, but I'm just, I just want to talk about this a little bit more. I just want to talk about this a little bit more. This will get talked about more in another episode, but Um, something that I struggle with is some severe abandonment issues, um, which my therapist has now told me has created a lot of my anxiety, um, and panic attacks and stuff. So as a child, when my mom would leave, I wouldn't know when she was going to come back. And I was very attached to my mom. I was very attached to her. And so I was also the youngest. Um, I do have a half brother, a little younger than me, but at the time he wasn't born. So I was the youngest girl and I used to call her, call the phone over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And it would just go to voicemail, go to voicemail, go to voicemail. And I would sit there hyperventilating, thinking that 
she was in a bad spot or that she wasn't safe. She wasn't going to come home. And that has deeply affected my life. Deeply. It's even triggering to talk about it because it's a wound that's so deep in me that I just, I haven't been able to shake. I've been able to heal from a lot of things in my life and in, from my trauma. But that is just one of the things that, um, I still struggle with to this day in my close relationships in my life. Um, like, you know, when, um, if anyone relates to this, I'm sorry, by the way, cause if you relate to this, you definitely have trauma. <laughs> well, maybe I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm assuming you have trauma. Have you guys ever tried to call someone and if they don't answer on the first ring, you start to freak out, you start to get anxious. And instead of thinking the rational thing and the logical thing, which is, oh, and they're probably busy. They'll probably call me back in a little bit. Your brain immediately goes to they're in danger. They got in a car accident. They're hurt. Something bad happened to them. Or the other alternative, which is still terrible, is you think, oh, they don't love me anymore. They're going to leave. If you've ever experienced that, or if you experience that, I'm so sorry. You're not alone. It's very normal if you have abandonment issues. And abandonment issues typically always stem from your childhood. Okay, this is getting kind of sad. <laughs> I want to, I, I want to, you know, bring some, some light to this. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about some ways to help slash heal our toxic stress from our said childhood trauma. Um, so the first way is therapy. Guys, I've said this once and I'll say it again. Therapy is so beneficial. Even if you don't think you have childhood trauma, even if you have very mild childhood trauma, even if you have no trauma at all, therapy is definitely one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I went through a really hard time and I hit my rock bottom. And the two things that saved me were Jesus and therapy. I credit my saving to Jesus because he was the one that set everything up and healed my heart and healed my pain and, you know, made me new from inside out. But I believe that he gave me my therapist as a huge tool in my life to learn about my trauma, to learn about healthy relationships, to learn how to set boundaries, to learn how to love myself. I needed all of those things and I had no idea how to do them. And alongside the Bible, having my therapist was so helpful. I used to go to therapy and she would give me weekly homework. She would say, okay, this week, Nicole, I want you to, um, research thinking errors. I was like, okay, all right, I can do that. Um, and so I'd go home and I would do my therapy homework and I would correlate it to the Bible. And so I would find healing 
pieces in the Bible that correlated with exactly what it is that she was trying to teach me. And it was so amazing. It was so healing for me. It helped me tremendously, like so, 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 so much. So I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, so yes, guys, please, please, please go to therapy. So important. Matter of fact, this is a pretty funny story. We're, we're kind of, we're getting on story times here. Um, I'm getting comfortable with you guys. I feel like I can just talk to you guys. Um, another thing that I experienced in my, um, therapy journey was my therapist asking me to make a trauma timeline. I was like a trauma timeline. What even is that? I'm like, what is Carrie's obsession with trauma? (laughs) She was just trying to (laughs) expose that I had all this trauma, but she made me make a trauma timeline. So every single challenging traumatic thing that had ever happened to me, she wanted me to write down. And I went back to her office with an 18 page trauma timeline. And she was like, Nicole, that's the biggest trauma timeline I've seen. And I said, Carrie, take all my money because I'm going to need a lot of sessions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, making a trauma timeline is really crazy because it really brings things out. Like there was a lot of trauma that I blocked out as a child. I had no recollection of like nothing. And then when I actually sat down and I wrote everything out, I started to slowly remember things. I started to slowly remember certain traumatic events. And even still to this day, sometimes I'll have something pop in my head and I'm like, wait, what, what, how did I not realize that happened? What, why did I block that out? But guys, that's a coping mechanism we use to protect ourselves as children. When we go through hard things as children, when we go through traumatic events, we quite literally block it out in our brain to protect ourselves. Which honestly, I think as a child is kind of helpful until you're able to be an adult and you're able to actually face those things. But it is really crazy to be fully convinced that something didn't happen. And then to realize that you literally blocked it out because you couldn't handle it. That's insane. Like what? (laughs) That's crazy. Um, and there's just so many effects of trauma. It affects our relationships, which we're going to dive deeper into in a future episode. It affects the way we perceive ourselves. Just so many things. Um, anyways, also on like a side note, if you guys want to go take the ACEs test, you can go take it, um, just on Google, just Google ACEs test. Um, you can find it anywhere and it's free. So you can take it if you want to see what trauma score you have. Um, all right. So we are talking about ways to heal slash help our toxic stress. So we talked about therapy. We talked a little bit about Jesus. I will talk a little bit, a little bit more about Jesus because I love Jesus and he is everything to me. Um, guys, when I went through everything that I went through, I feel like I've said that line so many times, but I'll say it again. (laughs) When I went through everything that I went through, um, I was stripped of everything. Everything was taken away from me and I had nothing and I had no hope. I didn't want to be here. And that is when I developed a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it changed me from the inside out and it changed my life. And since then, um, God has healed so many broken parts of me and so many wounds and he has helped me in so many ways. And 
one of the ways I was able to truly heal and love myself was to start to understand my identity. And when I realized that my identity was in Jesus Christ and when I realized how much Jesus loved me and how Jesus saw me, it helped me to love myself. It really did. Um, The next thing I want to talk about, a way to heal and help our chronic stress is healthy coping mechanisms. We know about toxic coping mechanisms, bad coping mechanisms um, to protect ourselves, but coping mechanisms are actually a good thing if you do the right things. Um, my therapist one time had me go through and make a hundred healthy, a hundred healthy coping mechanisms. So she had me write down all these positive things that, you know, gave me peace and gave me joy and that I liked. So, you know, for example, going on a walk or reading a book or coloring a picture or maybe cooking a meal or learning a new recipe or learning a new dance or hanging out with friends, you know, whatever it is, we want to find healthy coping mechanisms to deal with what we've been through. So instead of doing negative things that hurt us and that push us from healing and happiness, we can do positive things. So if you start to feel yourself shutting down, if you start to feel yourself getting triggered, if you start to feel some of those wounds or traumas come up, practice some healthy coping mechanisms. And trust me, I did not think this worked. My therapist used to say this and I was like, sure. (laughs) Because when I shut down, I just like shut down and I just like can't get out of it. But I had to learn to start to do this, to get myself out of dark places and to get myself out, out of bad places. Um, so if I was really struggling, I would just remove myself from the situation. I would say, okay, I'm going to go cook something yummy or I'm going to read this great book or I'm going to take a bubble bath. And I'm going to tell you when you do that and you're able to, um, disconnect from that trauma or that trigger that you're feeling, it's so good because it gives you the space to start thinking logically again. Um, and then you're able to approach it from a non-emotional standpoint. The funny thing about me is like, I'm a very logical person and like 99.9% of the time I can think straight with my head and like be very logical. But if I get super triggered, if my abandonment issues get triggered, my emotions are high and you can try to talk sense to me, but it won't make sense to me. And I'm just going to be thinking with my insecurities and my abandonment issues, Um, so I've had to learn and me and my boyfriend have had to learn that when I do get in that place, um, sometimes we just have to remove ourselves from the situation and I need to practice some healthy coping mechanisms. And then we're able to talk about it. We all do things to protect ourselves. And these little things that we do when we get triggered, guys, they literally were coping mechanisms that we created to protect ourselves from the chaos surrounding us in our childhood. If you're someone who just disassociates when it gets hard or when you get triggered or when things are emotional, that's a trauma response. If you um, have a panic attack or, uh, you know, start getting really anxious to start getting really angry, a a lot of those can be trauma responses and our trauma is just getting triggered. Now, I just want to preface this by saying I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not licensed in any of this. So I'm speaking off of experience and some research as well. And just a lot of years in therapy, but I may not say everything perfectly and I may not know everything perfectly, but 
I will share what I know. So take it with a grain of salt. But um, these are just some of the things that I've lived through and experienced and some of my opinions on it. Um, but yeah, I never want to mislead you guys. So obviously do your research as well and talk to your therapist because um, they will know better than me. Okay, so we're going to finish talking about the things that you can heal and deal with your toxic stress. Um, surround yourself with healthy, supportive people who love you. That's so important, guys. You need a community of people. You need people who love you, who support you, who uplift you, who accept you. That is so important when healing and dealing with stress. Okay, the next thing is um, having a healthy lifestyle. Um, I feel like we don't give these things enough credit because exercise is so good, not just for your body, but for your mental health. Um, I really fell in love with exercise when I finally stopped doing it to look a certain way. When I finally started to realize that it was so good for me mentally, um, I mean, there's so many positive effects to exercise that we can get into on another episode, but guys, exercise is not necessarily have to be about looking a certain way. It can be about feeling a certain way and taking care of the beautiful body that God gave you. Um, so exercise is so positive and it helps so much with stress. Um, eating good, nutritious food drinking enough water, guys, food matters. What we consume matters. Growing up, I eat like garbage, like fast food, pizza, cookies, treats. Now I still eat all of those things, but I didn't eat vegetables. I didn't eat fruits. I didn't even know what those were, honestly. And then when I was 14, I got like super into cooking for no reason. It was actually one of the ways I like dealt with my stress. Um, and I started to explore recipes and whatnot. And then as I've grown into an adult, I've really fallen in love with health foods and whole foods and just nourishing our bodies with things that are so good for us. Um, it only benefits our mental health and our physical health. So um, make sure that you're also, you know, having a healthy lifestyle and trying to just incorporate all the good things. Doesn't mean you have to cut out the bad things, but just incorporate all the good things and just try to live a balanced, healthy lifestyle. That's so important. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is you have to focus on things in your control. There are a lot of things that are out of our control in this life. So many things, my goodness. And the biggest mistake we can make is trying to control things that quite literally we can't because what does it do? It only causes us stress, anxiety, frustration, anger, bitterness. It's not good. You can only do what you can do and pass that you can't do anything. So if there's something that's beyond you, if there's something that's bigger than you, if there's something that you can't fix yourself, gotta let it go. Um, ask for help trust in yourself or if you believe in God and God or the universe, whatever you, whatever it is for you. Um, when something I feel like is out of my control, I have to pray and I have to say, God, I really want to try to control this right now. I really want to try to control this, but I can't. And I need to trust you with this and I need to give this to you. Please take this burden off of me. And help me to focus on you instead and focus on the things that I can control. And for you, um, you know, you can do that. Or if you 
don't pray. You can sit down and write down a list of things that are in your control of the current situation, things that are out of control, um, and try to just make a mindful practice of circling and focusing on the things that you are in control of and accepting what you're not in control of. (sighs) Guys, this has been fun. This has been like a long episode, but you know what? That's, that's good. And it's also, it's 3 (laughs) a.m. I've got my blanket on because it's so cold. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just want to touch on a couple other key points with you guys and then I will let you go, (laughs) but this was fun. Um, okay. We're going to touch on this. Have compassion for yourself as you would a little kid. Um, okay. So for everyone who's like, oh, we can't be victims and we need to just be stronger. Yes, maybe as an adult, it feels like you just need to press on and be strong. But I want you to really think about like an eight-year-old version of you. So when I think about like mini Nicole, think about all the things that you've gone through in your life happening to that little girl. Like, yes, it's so easy to be hard on ourselves because like we're grown, but when you really think about it, would you ever look at an eight-year-old and be like, get over it? Your mom, your mom abandoned you, get over it. No, you would comfort that child. Would you ever look at that child and say, oh, a loved one passed away, get over it. No, you would, you would comfort that child. You would encourage that child. You would validate that child. You would you would hug that child. You would give that child so much extra love if they went through something hard. So I want you guys to start viewing yourselves as these little kids and have compassion on yourself. Um, the presence of someone else's trauma doesn't equal the absence of yours. This is something that I really am so passionate about and that I really want to talk about. Um, cause I feel like this is so misinterpreted in, in today's world. And I just think it's so important. Obviously me, you guys know a little bit of my background. You can look at me and be like, she kind of had a, she had a rough childhood. Like she did not have it easy. She definitely has childhood trauma. Right. So I'm validated in that because my trauma is very obvious. I guess you could say now, one thing that I think is so sad is that people who didn't experience quote unquote conventional bad childhood trauma invalidate any childhood trauma that they do have. I want you guys to understand this. No parent is perfect, but when we are little, we are developing, our brains are developing, our bodies are developing and we need care. We need love. We need support. We need all these things as kids. So if any of those things aren't happening, it happening, it affects us. So maybe you didn't have drug addict parents, but maybe your parents emotionally neglected you. Maybe your parents never told you that they loved you. Maybe your parents never told you that they were proud of you. Maybe you grew up in a quote unquote conventionally normal house with normal parents who stayed married, who had money, um, you know, 
you lived this conventionally normal life. You played sports in school. Um, nothing crazy, like traumatic happened to you as a kid, or at least so you remember, but you grow up and you have a hard time trusting people. You grow up and you never think you're good enough. You grow up and, um, you base your worth in your, um, external achievements. There's usually a root to those things. The presence of someone else's trauma does not invalidate or mean the absence of your trauma. If you've experienced something rough in your life, that's validated. It doesn't matter what it was. If you went through something in your childhood that made you feel like you weren't enough, that made you feel neglected, that made you feel sad or unsafe or anything, that is trauma. That is childhood trauma. If you were neglected in any way, shape or form, even if it was just emotionally, physically, that is is going to affect you. So stop telling yourself that just because you had a quote unquote good childhood, that you shouldn't have any struggles, that you shouldn't have any wounds. And I want to preface this too. Just because you have had adverse experiences in your childhood and they've affected you, that doesn't mean your parents are bad parents. We are all just humans living on this earth, trying to figure it out. And most of the time, if your parents weren't very emotionally healthy and neglected you or anything like that, it's 99% of the time passed on from the previous generation. And they probably just haven't healed from that either. And so that's all they know. That's all they know. If you're raised a certain way, that's what you know. And that's what you, that's what you repeat. Let me repeat that. If you are raised a certain way, that's what you know, and that's what you repeat. Until we break the cycle, our trauma will continue to impact our future generations. Our kids, our grandkids. If I didn't start working and healing from everything that I went through as a kid, I'm just going to say it. My kids would probably be pretty screwed up because I wouldn't know what healthy relationships were. I wouldn't know healthy dynamics. I wouldn't know any of that. And I would carry on and pass on all these insecurities and wounds and traumas to my children. I don't want to do that. So guys, I repeat, just because you don't have visibly challenging trauma to the outside world does not mean you don't have trauma. Don't invalidate yourself. I almost think, this is my personal opinion, sometimes I think that one of the hardest kind of traumas is the one that's unidentifiable. Because... When you are struggling to heal and deal with that and recover from that as an adult, you don't have any validation. You like gaslight yourself into being like, but I had a really normal childhood and nothing really bad happened to me. So like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have any issues and I shouldn't have any effects from that stuff, you know, 
And my parents were good parents. They did their best. Let me tell you something. All of those things can be true. Your parents can have done their best. Your parents can have given you a quote unquote good childhood and you can still have been emotionally neglected. And there are still serious effects to that. If your parents prioritize your external appearance versus your internal appearance, AKA let's say your parents in public settings would always say how proud they were of you, but behind closed doors, they wouldn't. Let's say your parents praised you when you got a good grade in school or um, scored a touchdown, but when you tried to share some of your thoughts at home or you wanted them to see a drawing that you made that meant a lot to you and, and, and they shut it down. That trains you to base your value in external achievements. So you think that your worth is based on the way that people perceive you. That's not where your worth lies. You're worthy right now as you are. So there are effects to even unconventional childhood trauma, I would say. And then just to kind of close on that and finish on that note, guys, we can't invalidate other people's experiences, other people's adverse challenges in life. So if you're going through something hard, just because someone's going through something conventionally harder doesn't mean what you're going through isn't hard because whatever we're going through is hard to us. So don't, don't invalidate yourself and don't invalidate others and do not compare your trauma to others. It's just different. We all have gone through different things. We've all had different experiences and that doesn't, that doesn't, mean that they're not painful and hard and that there's not effects to those things, you know? Um, yeah, I almost, I almost think that I know more people with conventionally good families that have severe anxiety, severe depression. They don't love themselves. They doubt themselves. Uh, they base their value on what other people think of them and they come from like good family backgrounds, but they were emotionally neglected. So there's just so, there's just so many layers to this guys. Like there's so many parts to trauma. There's so many things that can happen. I mean, it literally says if we go back, what trauma is, is it's the experience of an event by a child that is emotionally painful or distressful, which often results in lasting mental and physical effects. So it's literally just an event that is emotionally painful or stressful. So that can be a huge, huge list of things. Like the umbrella is so large for that. So don't discredit what you've been through. Okay, please, guys, please love yourself enough to accept what you've been through and and validate yourself in that and not stay the victim. But accept it. Give yourself compassion. Give yourself grace. And then take the steps you can to heal from it, to recover from it, to break 
you know, the generational effects of that. Be bigger, be better, heal from that. That's so good. And that's what we need to do. Um, yeah, guys, I really love you guys. And, um, I'm so not perfect. And every time I film one of these episodes, I'm like, what did I even say? (laughs) Hopefully it brings value to you guys. And hopefully it helps you feel less alone. Um, we're not meant to stay in dark places, but we're never going to be able to get out of dark places until we accept and acknowledge that we are in a dark place. You don't know what light is unless you've seen darkness. So before anyone thinks, oh, well, all she's talking about is negative stuff and trauma and pain and all these things, guys, if we don't talk about these things, we're not going to heal from them. We're not going to experience joy. We're not going to experience peace and we're not going to, we're not going to be okay. And we want to be okay. We want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want to have joy. We want to have healthy relationships. We want to have healthy friendships. We want to have a healthy romantic relationship. We want to do well in our jobs. We want to have joy. We want to have peace. We want to do good. But sometimes to do good, you've got to get through the bad and you've got to face that bad head on. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do. Um, I've been in therapy for three years and I'm still a work in progress. Not to mention, I have had a relationship with Jesus Christ and I feel that he's been healing me for those three years and I'm still a work in progress. Um, there are some things from my childhood that will probably always affect me, but the more time I spend becoming aware and researching and getting knowledgeable about these things, the better I can function normally and, um, be okay and not let my trauma affect my relationships, not leave my unhealed trauma and then have that bleed onto my future relationships. Guys, if you don't heal from your trauma, if you don't work through that, it will it will affect your relationships. And we don't want that because we want healthy relationships. We want happy relationships. We're all broken people who need healing and who need who need love and joy and peace. It's all what we're yearning for, right? So we just need to have compassion for ourselves and others and we need to take action and try try to do what we can to to work through these things, you know? I love you guys. I said that already, but it's like 3 a.m. So um, have some grace for me. <laughs> um, I hope you guys have a really good week and I hope that you guys are able to find some clarity and peace this week and to start to do things that are healthy and good for you and to move towards healing and happiness and peace. Um, I will talk to you guys next week, I guess. Um, if you like this podcast, the ways that you can support me, you can share this on social media 
Um, you can rate the podcast. You can rate it five stars if you liked it. Um, you can actually leave a comment, shoot me a DM. Um, and until next time, what are the elephants in your room? This is Nicole and this is elephants in the room. Have a good one. Bye guys.